Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show. And this is episode two of season four. And in this episode, I will be interviewing the lovely and talented Allison Henderson of Moving Image Consulting. If you are a solopreneur and want growing your business to be easier, welcome to the Simplify and Multiply show. Hosted by award-winning creative, business development expert, and tactical coach, Terry Pappy. The Simplify and Multiply show promises to become your practical, tactical, and motivational guide to succeeding as a solopreneur. Hey there, Solo. I'm Terry Pappy, and I created Simplify and Multiply to provide you a place where you can discover how to make your business more profitable. I'm going to do this by helping you remove the complexity from marketing and business development. So if that sounds good to you, listen in. Allison Henderson is a really cool chick. She's got a a very specialized degree. And that's why I wanted to have her in the season on niche and building your niche. I can't think of a more precise specialty than what Allison has. She is a certified movement pattern analyst. And it's a unique specialty that she's blended with other behavior behavioral studies uh, that she's developed and learned about. And she's created a lot of really cool training tools and consulting programs that she helps entrepreneurs and business leaders uh, improve their results that they're getting, whether they're selling, whether they're leading, uh, managing people, whatever the case may be. And I just love how she is so committed to you know, the integrity around communication. And I can think of so many speakers and presenters that could really use her in their arsenal. So we talk about a lot of things and she gives some tips around her specialty and, you know, what it's been like as her experience as a solopreneur. And she also talks a lot about niching and, you know, and we, we kind of go back and forth around niching audience and niching the product and specialty that you're about. So it's a really lively conversation that I hope you enjoy. Here we are with Allison Henderson. Hey, Allison, thank you so much for being here on the Simplify and Multiply show. How are you today? I am doing great. It's been raining for about three days in a row, but the sun has started to peak out, and I'm excited to have a little bit of sunshine around here. <laughs> now, where are you uh, recording this from? Where are you located right now? I'm in the suburbs of Chicago. So my ah, Chicago, Chicago. Yeah. Fabulous. Fabulous. Yep. Very unpredictable weather in Chicago. That's for sure. Although the last summer when uh, Doug and I, my boyfriend and I were up there for um, what is the food thing again? It's uh, Chicago. Uh, Taste of Chicago. Taste of Chicago. That's July, it. Yes, thank you. Yep. And uh, we we were so lucky. We had beautiful weather the whole two, three days we were there. It was wonderful. And we love Chicago. We love, love, love Chicago. So that's awesome. Well, listen, thank you for being here. And uh, as I kind of set this up, we are in the fourth season of the um, Simplify and Multiply show. And this is all about niche, niche, niche for strength. And I know that I get a lot of challenge when I'm doing uh, marketing and, and branding for my clients because it it's always difficult for me when I see all of the great things they can do to help them niche. 
And they always have a little bit of resistance to niching as well, because sometimes they feel that they're limiting their ability to grow their business. So I'm so glad that you're here because I think you are perfect for this particular topic. And so why don't we just get it started by you telling us about your business, how you got to doing the the work that you're doing now, and uh, anything we need to know to create some context. Well, it's really great, this topic about niching, because ironically, I just, um, I wouldn't say re-niched, but I just pivoted slightly in about the last week uh, and changed up some of the language on my website and how I'm conversing about what I do to now um, to lead with uh, confidence and visionary leadership, rather than how I had been usually first introducing myself as a nonverbal communication consultant. And the nonverbal communication consultant side, it is very niche because there are very few people who do what I do. However, uh, it sort of, it takes people back a little bit because they immediately think that I am observing them or critiquing them. They feel kind of almost instantly judged. And I would notice their behavior instantly change when you're up and doing a 30 second introduction at a networking event or something. Or if I would go repeatedly to the same event, you're starting to see people almost roll their eyes like, oh, great, Allison's here. Now I'm all nervous to do my my 30 (laughs) seconds. And so I I wouldn't even call it necessarily a rebranding. It's just a reintroduction to what I do so that it's more um, outcome focused into what I do. Because I I was like, I I need to do something about this. I don't want people to be instantly nervous around me. What do I really do? Or what's the comment that most of my clients will give me if I do a a talk to an organization or something? The most important thing that usually comes back to me is, wow, I feel so much more confident Mm. now to go into a meeting or to go into a presentation that I'm going to give or have that difficult conversation that I need to have with my team members because I I know what to do with my body. I understand non-verbally both what I'm seeing from them and how comfortable they are or if maybe they're hiding something or I need to probe a little further because there's something going on non-verbally that's giving me a signal that I need to find out what's really going on underneath the the verbal, everything's okay. Non-verbally, I'm getting a lot of things aren't so great. And they are coming back to me with kind of that confidence piece. And I said, wow, that, that really is what I'm excited about sharing are these, how, how are you confident and how does all of the very specific nonverbal behavioral uh, information that I have and the education that I've gone through, how can I best serve uh, the world or, you know, the, the folks that come to me. And it really, I, I, it's exciting me now kind of in a new way to just put this new um, uh, introduction onto it, which is, is better serving, I think, to, maybe how I'd been introducing it before. And I'm sure you probably have clients that you had to kind of change up a little bit how they were introduced. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So tell me a little bit about some of the clients that you do work with. I work with mostly professional service uh, individuals that are, say, uh, CPAs or attorneys 
or, um, and I, I'll work with sales teams as, as well. They often think that mm-hmm. they already have the nonverbal piece covered. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. I've been a little bit all over the map, which at the beginning of my business, I was talking to anybody that would, um, that would give me the time of day. And now yeah, we're kind of all that when we get yeah. started. <laughs> and now I am niching into this professional services area, people that need to build a book of business uh, and maybe they are speaking in order to build that book of business or they're doing a lot of networking and, um, and they feel awkward because they don't feel like they have the skills to go in and be um, all that successful. And it's something that isn't taught. We aren't taught the kind of um, nonverbal communication, how to understand the signals that we're receiving from someone. It isn't, uh, unless someone was in uh, a lot of speech and debate or something in high school or college, we don't really get up and just have to present ourselves very often and we're so much into our computers and virtual uh, relationships now that when we do get that face-to-face time it's so important and I think that these professional service uh, groups really understand the need for that uh, relationship building and and uh and I really enjoy working with them you know as well because they are, are usually pretty eager to become better at the relationship side of things. They do what they do really well and what their Mm -hmm. uh, degree is, whether it's figuring out your accounting or if they are uh, attorneys for, you know, any one of the vast array of of, uh, specialties when it comes to uh, to lawyers. But uh, they really seem to be responding now. Uh, It's been a few years and it takes takes a while. It certainly is. Yeah, I bet. So why don't you uh, walk us through like a scenario of a of a past client that you've worked with when they came to you, whether it's CPA or some, you know, whatever the capacity was as far as what they do. And they came to you either in one of your classes or it was a one on one thing where you uh, where they were like, Allison, I need help with X, Y, Z, what their challenge was and how you worked with them and then where they are today. Kind of like a, a verbal case study, if you right. will. Uh, well, I can think of one uh, particular individual that uh, that came to me and said, when I get clients, they really uh, are great and they tend to stay with me. I'm not losing them once I brought them um, into the, the fold. This was a, um, an accountant. But I'm having trouble you know, landing these these clients. Can you help me with what the signal is to close? Or am I doing something nonverbally that's off-putting uh, to them in some way that I, I just I just don't know what it is? I feel like I do the same thing with everybody, but my my close rate isn't very high. And uh, I put. I put him through what I call a first impression session where we sit down and he presents his business to me as if I'm a potential client. Mm-hmm. And I look at what are the nonverbal signals that he is, is giving off and are they matching the verbal content? And uh, he had worked with, um, with a couple other coaches for sales and felt like, you know, that his script was strong and, and that sort of thing. And, um, and what I noticed was, his verbal and the nonverbal weren't in in sync, and it's you know, the more I talked to him, I realized that 
it was these other coaches that had kind of scripted out for him how more they thought he should be uh, presenting the material. And it didn't feel very organic to him. It didn't, he kind of memorized it and was almost going by rote. Yeah. And I said, well, that's, so now that I know this about you, why don't you go back and you just talk to me without the script, just talk like you. And there was a world of difference because his natural behavior matched his verbal content. And I said, you know, I hate to to break it to you, but (laughs) some of the parts of the script that you've been using, they're just not you. And and we need to go through and identify what those are so that you you come across as authentic and genuine as you can in these in these conversations. And then there won't be this this slight disconnect of someone going, "Uh, I'm not so sure I I believe you on 100 percent is what I'm guessing what was happening. And when when I had him go through and look at which clients he converted and which ones he hadn't, the more likely than not, the ones that he converted had been referred from a friend that already knew them. So they already came in with a certain level of like, know, and trust because they had such a strong referral. And the ones that he had met at a networking event or something and didn't already come in with this kind of extra stamp of approval were the ones that weren't converting. And uh, so then it, that took us into his 30 seconds and how he uh, was showing up at these networking events and the first meeting. Uh, then we role-played that uh, the first coffee meeting and talked about his nonverbal collaboration signals so that he comes off really authentic. We had to loosen him up a little bit because he got so in his head and so uh, kind of stiff uh, and Mm -hmm. worried every time he would go into these conversations that it wouldn't go well, that we kind of, we had to boost his confidence back up and get him to loosen up just a little bit and be more of the wonderful, genuine person uh, that he is with his friends and family and bring more of that into his business uh, persona. And then he started to see his enrollment go um, really just transformed it. I mean, he doubled his, yeah, <laughs> he doubled his clothes right really quickly because we kind of, we fixed that nonverbal part that he was, because he didn't realize what signals obviously that he was, was giving off. And we just made sure that the verbal and nonverbal were, were Matching. connected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense to me because in the brain, it's processing all the stimuli. So it's processing what it's hearing and as well as what it's seeing and sensing. And when you have someone who is not being their authentic, genuine self verbally, their body gives it away. <laughs> and <laughs> you know, it's like and a poker game where somebody has a twitch. They're going, I don't know why I don't trust you, but I don't trust you. Like, yeah. it's a, it's it's a whole like vicious cycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like the tell. I mean, you can almost uh, change your product name to killing the tell. So you win at work, you know, <laughs> right. that kind of thing. <laughs> and and this that's is true. Same, that's the same kind of thing that I'll do with, with leaders and things. If they have to kind of give a bad news um, scenario uh, to their team, and maybe it's a new bonus program or a new uh, rollout of some sort that is they're supposed to give the message. This is real. This is going to be great for you. This is going to be better. But if they don't believe it, if they're like, Oh, I'm, I don't believe that this is going to be better for you. It's going to come across. So how do we 
figure out what that verbal language is going to be that you can get behind, that you can believe so that it'll come across when you're telling your team. Otherwise, they're going to see straight through you and they're going to be like, okay, you're giving me company line here. What's this bonus really? How much am I really losing in this deal? Or how much is my insurance really going to go up? Or, uh, you know, because oftentimes the managers are kind of left to give the bad news that's coming from corporate that they didn't have any choice in, but now they have to give uh, give the team or exactly or, yeah or, we've all been there we've all been in on the receiving end of that right and so so thanks for explaining all that Allison this is this is really helpful for the listener because they have a better idea as far as how you work and whatnot and so when we look at niching and you it's like your the the results you deliver and the way you you work with people is through this nonverbal communication and you know about the the body cues and things like that and making sure that that they're in alignment with what language is being expressed so the communication is is effective right so getting people to understand all of that and how that works is a very specialized very niche type of service or product that you're delivering however I, I see like everybody could benefit from that. So when we look at niching, you're kind of niching on one end, but you're not niching on the other. And one of the things that I found um, probably hardest to do in my business was to niche my audience. And I think that's where the real power comes in because you can become known for helping X people with Y problem. And each one is very, very specific. So when you're looking at the the very niched, very precise solution that you provide, by kind of going out there and casting a drift net and taking anybody and everybody like you like we all did when we first started, you know, it kind of dilutes what we're about and it dilutes our ability to be truly potent and known for something. So you have to look at like a, a big dumbbell, you know, on one side you've got the the solution you deliver. And on the other, it's like who you delivering it for. And those are the most important components of any messaging of work that I do in marketing is like, we deliver, we solve X problem for Y people. And that's really so clear. And the more tight you can come in. So when I brought mine in to, to focus primarily on speakers and consultants, even there, I couldn't just pick one or the other. <laughs> Because I found that most of them are one in the same, you know, a lot of consultants speak and a lot of speakers consult. So it's kind of like, but they know themselves to be either a consultant or a speaker, as far as their entree into business. And so that's why I kind of lumped them together. So that's my <laughs> justification anyway. But um, I, what I find interesting about your situation is that you can have, I mean, you can help so many people, whether they're presenting on stage, whether they're an actor, whether they're someone who's shooting a lot of video for their business, or whether they're interacting one-on-one -on -one like an attorney with a client. And there's so many different ways you can help. I mean, have you thought about niching your audience more? What are some of the thinking that, like, for example, sales, if you focus primarily on salespeople and helping them be more empowered in their sales performance. I mean, I could see right there that in and of itself could put you on the map. Very true. All of, <laughs> all of that is true. And uh, I think my biggest struggle has been everyone that I talk to being excited or thinking that this is really interesting and oh my gosh have you 
have you talked to this group or that group or, you know, they're, well, startups, oh my gosh, startups could, could, could so use you. Have you, have you looked into that or, or sales or, um, oh, engineers, they're notorious for not having, yeah, overwhelming. why shouldn't we, <laughs> maybe you should focus on engineers and, and honestly, look, I think the reason that it hasn't gotten to that point for me yet is that I haven't decided who I most prefer to work with. Uh, well, that was going to be my actually my next question. <laughs> and was, that is who, a question I got. I'm like, I don't know. Everybody is so different. And I think part of the reason why I haven't done as much with um, with sales teams is I as I think I those are probably the folks that I kind of don't like working with as much. Uh because there is a bit of, I already know how to do that, or mm, yeah, I, you kind of have to unlearn stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, I already mirror people, or they have their own kind of baggage that they bring in with them. Because of of anybody that's been that's tough, that's been taught, or that reads a lot of blogs on body language, sales folks often have done that. So there is a bit mm. of of um, maybe extra convincing that this is going to work for them. Yeah, uh, as well as in many businesses that I've talked to about their sales team, they pretty much put their uh, top sales folks out there on display and they kind of tell everybody else we'll do it like they do because they're our top mm. salesperson. Interesting and, insight. And I'm really kind of, then I'm coming in and I'm saying, well, honestly, everything that I do is kind of counter to that idea because you have to you have to language it the way that you can get the point across, which like in my example with that client, that's kind of what had happened to them. And oftentimes if they are just putting their top salespeople on a weekly conference call or something, and then everybody's trying to emulate what they do, it just, yeah. you know, it just doesn't necessarily work. So I, I do have to kind of unlearn things and that's, and that's a reality too. I mean, that's how a lot of, uh, organizations, you know, they see, okay, we got a couple star players here. Let's, let's put them up front and just do our own kind of internal mock sales training by just, you know, follow the leader kind of thing, which I think is incredibly ineffective, mm -hmm. but a lot of them do it because they don't want to spend the money on, on good sales training, something that really works for their business. Right. And, and often, and sometimes too, this is a, um, it's a little bit of a longer process than what a lot of, um, sales training or a lot of, you know, even leadership and development training want to um, want to bring in. They want, what can you do in an hour or what can you do? Okay, we, we have this full day thing and we're going to slot you in from 10 to noon. How does that work? Well, yeah. I can do, th th this is what you'll get for that. But the whole transformative thing, you know, it, it's a longer process and this could be an introduction and then you can decide whether you want to go for the next couple sessions after that. But um, being able to observe somebody else's behavior just takes a little bit longer than, than a one-off. And, um, and it took me a while too, to get to the point where I could say, you know, no, that isn't going to give you the best results. The way you really need to do this is, you know, three, uh, three times with me coming in or make me the star of your weekend boot camp where we do longer than just two hours because that will give you the results that you desire. Me just coming in and doing an hour isn't going to isn't going to give you what you want. And it really took me a long time to get to the point where 
I would kind of stand up for myself and say no <laughs> to people or to be okay with if then they didn't take it to say, well, that's still better for you in the long run. Mm, interesting. I think we all, yeah, I think we all experience that in as a solopreneur in our business from time to time. And it can, it can really make some engagements really challenging because you're there to help. And sometimes they just don't want to receive the help. They want to do it their way. And that's when we realize, okay, we have to do better at like pre-screening and pre-qualifying people. It's not like, oh yeah, they got money and they need, they have a problem. No, we need to know if it's going to be a fit. And I can see where that it's got to work for you too. And, uh, you know, just getting placed into something that's pre-existing without a really good plan in place, you're not going to be able to deliver your best uh, result. Right. And I even just kind of created a different product for that as well. Like knowing, okay, this isn't, if you if it's really the one hour we're going to play we're going to do exercises we're going to open them up to the to the the wealth of information that they could receive if they knew how to do it and mm. and give them some top um top tips and tricks if you will to improve right. their confidence you know quickly but it's not going to be on the in-depth level and i'm just very honest and i just say well Though this is this is what this product is. If you really come to me for transformative, taking your team to doubling their uh, their close rate in half the time, that's not that's not this hour long program. This hour long program, yeah. right? Wouldn't this that be great if it was? Though? Is giving yourself <laughs> confidence and fixing your thirty second pitch? Maybe you know it would be. It's a small. Um, it would be more of a of a networking. Um, hour or something. And there are some, you know, that are like, well, that's great. We're, we'll try that. And basically it's a, it's a great way for them to try me out before they, they leap into Which a longer program. And so yeah. I decided instead of only saying, you know, if they keep pushing for the longer program, I say, well, that's what that product is. <laughs> you know, end of story. Like, I Stand your ground, girl. You know, <laughs> it, I, I, it took a long time. I, I will tell you, I, I get talk it. about confidence and being a confident and visionary leader, but only now do I feel like I can kind of walk the talk uh, myself. And, yeah, I, and well, I think I get it. telling um, entrepreneurs that to take that time to discover what those things are for them is is great. And I, I know that that's what you <laughs> what you tell them. And I, I appreciate that. Terry will be right back with the rest of the show in just a moment. Are you niched enough? As you know, I'm focusing on exploring niching your business this season with the sole desire to give you the confidence and know-how to develop a niche that positions you as the go-to expert. Unfortunately, many solopreneurs are unsure of how they should niche and they worry if they're narrowing their niche so much that there won't be any prospects. I will tell you right now not to be concerned about niching too much. What you need is the right objectivity to see your value and your ideal client clearly so you can choose a niche that is a natural reflection of who you are. Now, when you do that, everything else falls into place and your ideal clients start coming at you from the most unexpected places. And if you want help figuring out your niche, I can help. All you have to do is pick a time to talk with me one-on-one -on -one for free about your niche by visiting pappychat.com. This is a great opportunity for you to get valuable input about what you're building and how to create a well-positioned brand that drives a ton of business. Get yours on the calendar now. Hit up pappychat.com and niche, niche, niche for strength. 
Book yours now. That's P-A-P-P-Y-C-H-A-T dot com. Yeah, well, you know, I can remember when I was first in business. I mean, I let clients lead me around by the nose, honest to God. I was just <laughs> so happy to have work. And they'd be like, all right, Terry, we want you to do this, this, and this, and this. And I'm like, okay, okay, all right, sure. You want me to like, you know, wash your car too and maybe walk your dog? I mean, it was like, that's kind of the energy I was, I had when I was first starting out because I was so hungry for work. I had no idea like how to position myself in a niche or how to focus on, and that was especially hard for me because I had so many skills. I could write, design, I could build websites, I could do strategies. Uh, I mean, I could shoot video. There was like, and all the technical stuff that goes around that, I could actually physically do. I had the training and I had the experience. And so when they'd say, oh, I need this, and then I need a website, and then I need a video, and then I need you know, a script for sales calls, I'd just figure out a way to get it done. And I would do it. And it was ridiculous because I wore myself out. But now I'm I'm more like you, you know, you go through that learning where you're like you and that's why niching is so important because it helps you as a solopreneur, as a business owner, focus on your most important skill set and just deliver that. As much as we want to be able to serve all, be all, you know, for our clients in the world, you know, to make that big impact it actually ends up hurting us and our clients because it, it dilutes everything. And so that's what I found so, so interesting about the work that you do and how you're going about getting it out there. So when you look at niching your business and niching not only with your product, but with your audience, what are some of the things that you see other solopreneurs doing that you either like or, you know, don't like or question or whatever? Ooh, interesting question. Uh, I think that what I admire in other uh, solopreneurs is when they really stick to their brand, just pretty much what mm. we were just talking about. And uh, what dismays me then <laughs> in the same uh, breath is when I see things that then don't follow that brand or mm -hmm. they, uh, there's been this huge push for video, right? Yes. Everybody, everybody has to have video. You have to have video on your homepage and you have to do these, putting the camera out in front of you and just speaking into the camera things, even for LinkedIn now. And LinkedIn looks more and more like Facebook every day. Yeah, and though that to me kind of gives me heart palpitations <laughs> because <laughs> I watch these folks and I'm like, okay, Hey, your persona on camera is nothing like I know you as a human Interesting. being because you're nervous or your energy level is low. People don't realize that for video, they need to up their energy just a bit because you're taking a 3D image and flattening it to 2D and mm. they need to up their energy. And the fact, and if it's just their head in the, in the shot and there's hardly, and there's really nothing going on behind or the sound is bad or all of this. That's, that's not helping your, your brand. And they're seeing so many other people doing it that it's becoming kind of accepted. And I wish that I could stop half of them who I feel like you, you come across so professional and your product is so great. But then I watch that or half the time I don't even pause to, to look at them anymore. I just scroll right on by, but because there's nothing making me stop. There's nothing that shows me that this is going to be any, that this is going to be different or, or interesting or, um, 
and that they're actually hurting their brand by mm-hmm. having these less than uh, than fantastic uh, pieces out there. So you know, there's a fine line I think between just having the camera holding it you know, in your hand <laughs> and filming yourself mm-hmm. and going just that little extra step to find somebody that maybe to record it in a slightly um, more professional format. If that's, if that's what you're going for, you know, if everything right. else about your brand is very professional or very um, uh, polished and then mm-hmm. that piece suddenly, or make sh- if that's what that's going to be, then they all need to be that way. Cause I see some that, that, do a couple of them and then all the, and then they realize oh, then maybe that didn't look so good. And then the next one they do is, is like 180 degrees different because <laughs> they did go pay somebody. So it's like, maybe where's the happy medium for that? Or, um, yeah, I, I think video is one of the things that's, that's, I'm still up in the air on, I guess sometimes yeah. <laughs> whether I think no, it's I know what you mean. or not. Yeah, I know what you mean. And, and you created a nice distinction there that I'm going to point out. And that is that, uh, niching is also about consistency. And when you have an experience, because in what I teach my clients, like you, you don't know where that new lead is going to be entering your world. It could be through social media, it could be through a referral, it could be through a sales funnel that you have, an ad, uh, it could be a piece of collateral, it could be an interview you do on a podcast. You have no idea how they're going to find you and start consuming your uh, content and eventually hopefully reach out to you for help. And if you're being consistent about who you are and what your, you know, your level of quality, as you're mentioning with, with the video, that if if it's kind of not there, it's going to affect the niche because then all of a sudden it's like a distraction. You know, it, it kind of pulls away from, okay, because when you niche, your expertise is automatically inflated. So it's almost like a the more specific you can be about who you serve and what you do, the more the expertise raises. It's uh, It's almost like an unconscious thing, right? And so that perception gets destroyed when you have a communication experience that is lopsided like that, where you've got one thing that's super pro, and then you've got another that just falls off the wagon, right? And so I think that that's a really important distinction around creating a niche and supporting your niche to actually grow your business. And I'm going to be the first one to say, you know, you got to be consistent with your communication. It has to look professional on all points, whether you do it yourself or whether you farm it out. Regardless, you have to have a consistent way of being and be your authentic self, which is where you come in because you can help people really discover ways of, you know, not trying to be manipulative, like especially in a sales situation or run a script or, you know, because we're all out there knocking on doors and asking for business. And for a lot of us, especially myself, because, you know, I always talk about how much I have sales reluctance, right? (laughs) And a lot of solopreneurs do, but, you know, if we don't do it, we're not going to be in business much longer, right? (laughs) Right, for sure. Yeah. So I think this is really important for um, solopreneurs to really understand about the consistency when they're building their niche. So as we wrap up this great interview, Allison, do you have any 
tips that you could maybe share on the work that you do and kind of some of the things that you're seeing that solopreneurs are doing that you're like, oh, people, if you could just stop doing this one thing, or if you could start doing this one thing, I mean, you listed a couple about, you know, on video, you know, make sure your audio is good, make sure you're moving more dramatically, because it reduces the intensity of that movement, because you're going 3D to 2D. What are some other things that you could maybe pass along? Uh, the number one confidence uh, booster is literally just lifting your sternum about an inch and a half when you're standing when you're standing up. We've gotten into a real hunched over society with doing everything mm-hmm. on our phones and doing everything on our computers that we need to just lift our lift up just a little bit and it's going to increase your breath capacity your voice will sound better. And it also will, it'll make you feel more confident. It's amazing how just that little shift. And when you're, when you stand up to do uh, a business introduction at a networking event or something, take that second to really come to full height and, and don't start talking before you've stood up. I see so many entrepreneurs say their name while they're standing and that, mm-hmm. um, We've, we didn't catch your name then because you garbled it with all this other movement that's going on. Stand yes. up, look around, smile, then say your name at the beginning and the end. Uh, and make sure that you've given everybody a, um, a call to action, some way for them yes. to connect with you. I have a, a little video series right now on my YouTube channel that's called the um, Networking Ninjas. And that's one of the one of the things is about making sure that you have that how do they connect with you afterwards, give them something to do. If you have samples, take samples. Those are fantastic. You'll have a line waiting uh, to, to talk to you or make sure that you set appointments at the event. You know, those kinds of little things are, are so helpful for growing your business. And so many people just give a little one liner about themselves or a couple sentences and then they sit down and it's like, okay, do you want to meet for coffee? What, you know, what, what do I do? Do you have a, <laughs> where do we go next? Have, right. It was like, and there are certain types of individuals that really kind of need that next step. Like they need to be told what to do. And, and sometimes I'll forget too. And I sit down and I go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. Oh, I've done it too. <laughs> you know, yep. I didn't do a call. I didn't, didn't do an ask. Or you could just even say, or give an actual ask of, of what you would like uh, from them. It, Instead of the the one thing that kind of annoys me is, you know, a good connection for me would be, I think, <laughs> I, I usually will phrase it as, I would ask if you could think through your connections, if you know anybody in the XYZ industry, those would be great connections for me. Rather than, I don't, there's something about that phrase, a good connection for me would be, I feel like a lot of people tune out as soon as they hear that. Yeah, because well, you know, because they're like, oh, here's the part where I'm supposed to think through all my people and connect you, versus kind of making it an I would ask that you do this, and then people tend to do it. It's it's interesting, just that you little do, yeah. You kind of have to, you know, to use the earlier expression I use, you kind of have to lead them around by the nose. You have to help. You really do. You, <laughs> you got to facilitate that. I need that. you to do. I need you to think through your contact and connect me with all of your all of the meeting planners. You know, like for me, that would be one. Yeah, I do a lot it, of public speaking. It'd be great if you have a meeting mm-hmm. planner in your in your mix. That would be a great connection because people want to be helpful. And if you're more specific in who they who you want to meet, that really helps them make the connections for you. You can't just assume that they're going to know who a good connection for you would be. Yeah. And it reminded me when you, when you're talking about lifting your sternum and just kind of like standing straight and having that confidence, um, 
which helps your, you know, your speaking and everything just improves your confidence. It made me think of Amy Cuddy's uh, Power Pose TEDx talk, which is a really great, um, I actually use that in one of my Compass courses. And if you get a chance, listener, to uh, check that out, just Google Amy Cuddy, C-U-D-D-Y, uh, power posing. It's a great TEDx. Mm-hmm. And She's done feel so like... much to help those of us <laughs> in, this, yeah. in this area because it it really is a body-brain connection and neuroscience oh, and, and totally. things are really helping us bring people along to realizing the power of the nonverbals to to in, be, be more influential and to be more powerful and executive presence and all of those uh, things that are so valuable to us. And sometimes we do everything but we mm-hmm. spend our money on the website or some new software or some other things where if we just fix that communication piece that would go a long way to propelling our business absolutely uh, even if you know we're living in a digital world and we don't really have like in-person interactions uh like we might have you know 10 15 years ago or longer but the fact that you're even getting on a Zoom call or have a shooting a video, those are really valuable things because you are being presented in a visual format. So those things matter. And that's super important for a solopreneur. And I know that after I kind of learned these things from you, I started being much more animated in the weekly videos <laughs> that I shoot <laughs> for that reason, even though it's from like my, you know, it's just kind of like my shoulders up <laughs> mm-hmm. There's on a lot camera. You can tell. I always tell people if you're on a Zoom call, just ask the people to, to scooch back just a little bit further from the camera, then you'll have a little bit more nonverbal behavior to take in. And, you know, yeah. even today talking to you, I'm not sitting down, I'm standing up because I know my voice will sound better. And if I'm in presentation mode, this is still a presentation and my nonverbals will be more animated and will hopefully come through in the audio more. And I tell people that same kind of thing. If you're on a sales call or something, even if they can't see you, you stand up, wear your shoes, <laughs> uh, yeah, those kinds of things to, to put you in that that mode, that professional uh, circumstance. And, and you will be more empowered to to hold your ground and do stick to your price and all of those. Yeah, so, which is critical for a solopreneur. And and I, I will tell you that I love a solo that actually takes their own advice. <laughs> <laughs> I catch myself sometimes I'm on there doing my videos going, you need to do this. And I'm like, oh, shoot, I better go fix my thing because it's not it's not buttoned up the way I just preached about. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I, I, tell, so I tell people all the time. Yeah, the same thing. Like I, I have to watch what I say because I feel like, you know, it comes back to haunt me. Uh, I did a video on popping like that yes and i love that video by the way i in fact i'm actually gonna put that was laughing and he watched (laughs) it and maybe he was even helping me with the videotape but he's a seventh grader and now he will point out to me mom you just (laughs) you just did that pop thing with your mouth Mm -hmm. no so yeah yeah it's it's... up on it and and will call me on it Every time. <laughs> I'm actually going to put that video because I think everybody needs, because I never realized I was doing it until I watched that video. I was like, what is she talking about? I don't do that clucking or that clicking noise. And then I went back and listened to my stuff and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I really was. And now that I'm doing this podcast, I have to pay particular attention uh, to doing that. And uh, it's one thing to, to get rid of the ums and the uhs and the so and the, you know, and. 
<laughs> but then to think about the actual physical noise that your mouth is making, which is, you know, it's just, it is, it does interfere with the message and you have to be conscious about improving that. So I'll put that video on the show notes page, as well as ways that people can learn more about you and connect with you in social media. And so Allison, I want to thank you so much for being here on this show. You gave us lots of great things. Thanks for talking about your business and what your niche is and all the contributions that you've given us today. Oh, great, Terry. Thanks so much for having me on. And I wish everyone to just surge forward in their businesses and be as confident and powerful and visionary as they can. Oh, that's great. That's a great wish for everyone. And I will accept that. Thank you very much. All right, Allison, thanks so much for being here. Well, that's it for this episode. Thank you for joining me. You know, being a solo can be incredibly rewarding when you have the right guidance, resources, and community to help drive your business vision. The great news is that's exactly what you'll get with Simplify and Multiply. You've just listened to another episode of the Simplify and Multiply show with Terry Pappy. If you want to get free marketing and business development tips, templates, trainings, and more, head over to simplifyandmultiply.com and sign up. Learn how you can grow your business the easy way. That's simplifyandmultiply.com to join our growing community of amazing, talented solopreneurs out to simplify their business, multiply their income, and make a big impact in the solopreneur economy.